What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Unraveled Influence. It's myself and Leon. Brother, how are you? I am doing awesome, well, and blessed. How are you doing, brother? I'm good, man. I mean, I mean I've had a rough couple of days, but you know what? It is what it is Um, because we are here with a special guest today, and that's Tara Caribou. Tara, welcome, and thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Hi, thanks for interviewing me or talking to me anyways. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So how are you? Like, what make what makes you happy? <laughs> oh, boy. I, uh, I'm always happy for the most part, I suppose. But uh, I'm doing all right. Not bad. It's winter. So I love winter. Word, word. And I must say, <laughs> and I must <laughs> say this, um, as you may know, Tara, um, I've been looking forward um, to this interview with you um for a while ever since you know it was in it was in the slot that um you know me and andy would be interviewing you it, it just warmed my heart and i've been looking forward to this <laughs> for such a long time and really i feel that um me interviewing you it's almost like full circle um mm -hmm. so this, this i feel very special i feel honored and i feel blessed to be able to have this uh, moment in time with you. Well, that's how I feel about getting to talk to you guys. So it's mutual. <laughs> awesome, awesome. 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 So, um, yeah. So, um, okay. So I'll start first with the question. So how did this all start for you as far as like what you do now, as far as publishing and stuff like that? Like what inspired you to do that and why do it? Well, I've always been both a reader and a writer, even from a really young age. Um, I wrote my first book <laughs> when I was eight, but I and I even had my own eight-year-old publishing company, <laughs> meaning I just no. wrote, you know, the publishing name inside my book covers and stuff. But um, I've always wanted to. I don't know. I I always really connected with writing and books as soon as I learned how to read it just opened up a whole new world to me and um, a safe world pretty much and so I've always wanted to be a you know write which I always have and then the publishing just kind of followed that because you know getting it out there to be able to share my words with other people and really um not to be too long-winded here, but being in the WordPress community, which is where I do most of my uh, work or sharing online anyways. And um, I just really want, you know, you read all these awesome people and they're just so talented and I just wanted to get their words out there. And I have skills and talents that I can use. I've, you know, worked in some form of publishing in different ways over the years and so I I really wanted to use that for the community for other people to give them you know it's a big process to publish so to give them any help I can to do that it, even if it's just reading their book and saying oh you know yeah publish this or saying oh you could do this you know or if I get the privilege of actually publishing that's awesome too that is awesome. So it's like you have a heart to give back and I feel you on that. And that's why I know for me, when I back in January, when I decided I wanted to relaunch this podcast, I, I didn't know what direction it was going to go. 
I just felt like, you know what, maybe this is where God led it to, in a way. Like, I was mm-hmm. talking to Leon, and then I started talking to Angela, and it just seemed like we all have the same thing in common. Mm-hmm. We just want to give back, give people a voice, get the works out there, mm-hmm. and just... And I think also just having this um, live with Brandon definitely confirmed that this is what we're meant to do, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and with that being said, um, so your publishing company is called Raw um, Raw Earth Inc. Um, where'd you come up with the name for that? <laughs> well, I'm a bit of a neo hippie, meaning uh, new, neo meaning new. So I'm a new style of hippie. I'm very um, I like natural things and earthy type things. I'm barefoot all the time. Even in winter, I walk out in the snow barefoot. And um, yeah, I'm just a bit of a crunchy hippie here. So um, raw earth is really, I think of just, you know, when you're in that place writing and you're writing from your heart, it's that raw emotions that you're going through if you're say a poetry writer I'm, I know that fiction writers aren't necessarily writing quite from the same place usually but you're mm-hmm. still it's that raw part within you and you know the earthy part me I mean we are from the dirt you know initially yeah. so um, and then ink of course being uh, because that's what we're writing with so oh absolutely um, and I think that's um another thing about like both of our connection not just in um mm-hmm. the writing aspect and creativity but both of us have that like you know let's return to nature and natural habitat and mm-hmm. you know doing like the um well you do you well like you say you you even go barefoot in the um, winter but me like during the spring and summer i mean is when i start going barefoot and i start doing earthing exercises and Mm-hmm. what have you but um yeah i remember um how just it was just amazing how you know you you connect with nature and mm-hmm. then even like to the way you um cook and i believe you said something about you you also um do like natural remedies and stuff as well yes I mean, I yeah that's correct things. yeah i do so, i mean yeah yeah i and like I, for instance, I make um, CBD oil and tinctures. It, that's actually, uh, that actually was, I did that before I ever did Raw Earth Inc. And actually that, the name of that company is, is Raw Earth Oils. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, look at that. So oh, wow. I, sort of, I sort of stole that. But, um, but yeah, and I'm all about homeopathy and um, just natural healing. No, I absolutely agree. I feel that um, when it comes to natural medicine versus, you know, how we are in this, like, Western culture and Western medicine, I really do feel like we missed out on a lot. And Mm -hmm. when people say, oh, you know, um, do this and do this um, for natural herbs and remedies, it gets scrutinized and pretty much suppressed. And Mm -hmm. you have to think about it this way, that we had, you know, the Native Americans and our ancestors, they lived off of the land for hundreds of thousands of years. And they used these natural remedies and they got through it okay. But, you know, in our 
21st century modern day mind, no, only these pills will mm-hmm. make you feel better. And I'm not dismissing, let me make a disclaimer here, because the people listening may be a doctor or a nurse or work in the medical field. He's against medicine. No, I am not saying that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> let me take it. All I need is to hear that. This is somebody's like, lawsuit. Like, oh my God. But, (laughs) but I am saying, what I'm saying is that I believe there should be a balance. I believe that there should be a balance between, okay, um, there's, there's modern day medicine and there's natural medicine. And I don't believe there should be a division. I agree that is with mine, you on that. Mine. No, I get you. Um, so I'll be honest with you. I know about CBDs and stuff because I have friends that do that kind of stuff. Um, but um, I don't know too much about it. Um, I know um, vaping has a lot to do with it. I guess if I'm not mistaken, like that's what I mean. Oh, they use vaping. I, I, don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. I'm sorry. I guess what I'm trying to say is <laughs> like I know when I first heard of that is because people were vaping and yeah it's a cbd thing and you know all this other stuff so um explain to us what that is uh, what the pros and the cons and all that other stuff as far as cbd goes well uh i will first point out there are two different kinds of vaping i don't um I don't condone or think that anyone should do what's what most people think of, which is vaping because they, the process that they put the plant through to get it, it's just as bad as taking a pharmaceutical. In my opinion, there's a lot of chemicals in there and they're showing that more and more. There's a lot of problems that come along with what you would typically think of in vaping, real vaping, um, which is actually what I do when I do use. I actually am not a huge cannabis user. I don't like to be inebriated or high in any way, but if I have a really bad headache for like three days, I'll, I'll take a hit. But, um, and I also was doing it for my, uh, for my eyesight too. I've got, uh, problems with my eyes and the doctors and I are working to try to, um, not go blind. <laughs> okay. And I was doing that for a while, but I, I actually have quit because I didn't like the, um, the results of it. But um, the kind of vaping I do is where it's actually, it, it heats up the, it's, uh, it's like smoking it, only it's baking it in a convection oven and breathing in the vapors that way, which is all you have is just the plant. There's no chemical. You're literally, you grind up your um, cannabis and you put it in the thing and you push a button and electronically heats it up and then you inhale. So there's no smoke. So you don't, you're not inhaling the smoke into your lungs, which I appreciate. You don't smell like cannabis or smoke. Um, so, uh, so there is two different kinds of vaping. I, I personally don't condone uh, the chemical kind. But um, there's different, there's CBD and there's THC and all sorts of other cannabinoids that they all kind of do different things. It's a really kind of a miracle um, plant in a lot of ways. It's it's really, really healing in a lot of ways. So you can ingest it like with edibles and that is processed through like your liver and it's going to, you know, probably get you high because you process THC better that way, but you can inhale the CBDs are more for healing. Uh, there's, you could talk for a long time about 
about cannabis and the hey, pros and listen, cons and stuff. It's, but. Not, it's, all, it's <laughs> hey, listen, it's all good. This is your spot. So no, hey. this is educational. So yeah, like, I, I mean, didn't even know. I didn't there know there was. Like, I thought it no was. Idea. The, this, this is good. Yeah, I didn't know there was even a difference in that way like that. That is that is very intriguing. Mm-hmm. It's like I feel like I'm at a science right. class right now. <laughs> right. So you can smoke it. You can eat it. You can use it topically. And so when I make my oil, usually like I do um, what's called CBD. That's not that there's no THC in it, but I'm using strains that are higher percentage of CBD typically when I make it. And it's a long, it's a, it takes days to make a batch of it. But you, I use coconut oil because pretty much um, it's a easy to, it, it's easy to process in your body and it doesn't taste bad or anything or smell bad. And you just, um, you infuse, you know, so I, you infuse the cannabis. It's just cannabis and coconut oil over days, over super low heat, Mm. super, super low heat. And then I strain it all out. And then you can either ingest that or you can um, use it topically. So say you have arthritis, you can use it like a lotion. I do make lotion, edible lotion as well. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And... So here's my question. Um, so for people who have autoimmune di- diseases, um, are there benefits for people who have autoimmune diseases, say like, um, well, arthritis, there's one, but then like, say, I don't know, um, lupus or fibromyalgia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually became a huge believer in this because one of my dear friends that I've known her for a really long time, older lady, and she has um, an autoimmune um, disorder. And she, I said, Hey, let's try this. And so she started taking two, she would eat two tablespoons, one tablespoon in the morning, one tablespoon at night. And then she would um, massage it on her hands and knees where she has a lot of pain. And um, she actually, within two weeks, is off all pharmaceuticals. She uses nothing but cannabis oil now. Um, And she has for years, but she started sleeping really well and was actually feeling like she was getting improvement. She's like, it tastes disgusting and I burp it all day long, but it's you know, but it's helping her. And I, I actually taught her how to do it so she could do it herself, um, you know, and do it for cheaper than buying it. But um, yeah, it's, uh, and, and I, I can't tell you how many people I've heard these testimonials from. I have another really long time friend. I've known him for oh, almost 30 years now. And he has stomach ulcers and he started putting a teaspoon in his coffee in the morning and his stomach ulcers healed up. Wow. And he's had stomach ulcers his whole life. Mm -hmm. So what my question is, if I just feel like, okay, if civilization knows this, then why don't we all do this? Like why? But do you think it's because they might take away all the doctor's jobs? If if, if everybody wouldn't take, it wouldn't take away all doctor's jobs. But again, why, why do people, um, the, the, if you look at the history of when, um, here in America in particular, um, in the Western world, why we moved away from natural remedies and it all 100% has to do with money. Um, every pharmaceutical is a copycat of, is attempting to copycat a natural remedy. Right. 
Um, that's just the way it is. They're trying to make it in a lab rather than, it, you know, because then they can, well, you know, this helps your stomach, but this would help your knees. But this, how, how can we combine this all in one thing? And the other thing is, is honestly, the um, modern medicine, they don't make money if you get well. They don't. They make money if they keep you not dead and not alive, but just living. Wow. So um, I'm a, I, I will, uh, <laughs> I'll put this out there. I'm a bit of a, what I've always been called a conspiracy theorist. I'm a, I'm a, I don't have popular opinions and I'm totally okay with it, that. It's all good. <laughs> hey, listen, this is a safe that is okay. So, I hey, am listen, with you. I am listen, with you. You already I, know this. If, whether I agree with mm-hmm. certain conspiracy theories and stuff like that, I don't care. I don't mind listening to it. I don't mind learning about it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good for knowledge of purposes. And honestly, mm-hmm. again, this is, uh, this is, again, this is a safe space for you. So whatever you want to express, hey, by all means. Exactly. <laughs> I'm very unapologetic. Oh, yes. Um, now, my other question, and I'm injecting myself into here. Because mm-hmm. now you've got me curious. <laughs> now you've got me curious. Thank so, um, for those who don't know, <laughs> curious, George, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know, um, but, but of course, um, you guys know, I have cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. I was born with it. And, um, you know, so far as medical um, Tesco, as far as to my knowledge, there's no cure for um, people who have cerebral palsy. And of course, some people have it more severe than others. Mm-hmm. Um, fortunately, I was blessed by God to um, have have a mi- minor of it. I mean, it still does affect me greatly, but it's definitely not as bad as it could be. In saying that, um, what do you know anything about the oil and cerebral palsy and what it would do the effects for somebody like me who has cerebral palsy or anybody else for that matter? And I gotta say before you start, Tara, I'm sorry. Like honestly, I like like even when I first met you, like if if you would have never told me that, I would have never even thought or guessed it was anything with you. I'll be honest with you. That's why it's it's just astonishing how. You know, mm-hmm. like you, uh, and just by hearing you too, like you've come such a long way. You know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, because Leon, you, uh, you have such a humble heart, and you don't always push it out. You know, like, oh, woe is me. I have this. I have that. You're just real with people. It's one thing I just absolutely adore about you because. You know, you say, hey, I'm struggling or, hey, I'm having a great day or, you know, and and it's not like a woe is me. I'm a victim here. You're just like all heart. And it's just such a beautiful, wonderful thing to be. You know, I'm I'm privileged that I, I, you know, I say Leon's my friend, you know, and and I I, that's a really special thing to me because um, you just have such a great heart and a great spirit about you that, yeah, you, you look at you and, you know, and just the life the 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 beauty that kind of just flows out of you and you don't look look oh there's a guy that's you know he's he's sick as a dog and you know and oh look at you know it's just like you know what he's he's got things going on in his life and he still just exudes this you know wonderful really 
even when, even when you're down, you know, it just, it feels good to, to read your work and to, you know, when you get on and we get to see your face or hear what you're talking about. So I think that's what, you know, Andy's kind of speaking to here is, you know, you don't, you don't know necessarily that you're sick because you don't push it into everybody's faces about it, but you're not shy about it either. So. And that's what's up, you know, and that's the way it should be, you know. I definitely agree with everything on Tara just said. I definitely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. As for the, you know, my knowledge and what it could be used for, I would honestly have to uh, do some research and some of my books about it because I don't, off the top of my head, know if um, cannabis in, in some form or another could help you. Um, but I'm mm-hmm. more than willing to uh, put the time in to look into it, but from other people who know better than me. Um, you know, I I know some, but I don't know a lot <laughs> about cannabis. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm i a big researcher. So now I'm even if you don't want me to, I'm still going to look it up. <laughs> I'll put in a few hours worth of reading, you know, and even if it's not <laughs> that, there may be some acupressure or uh, homeopathy options available to you that, you know, might help you out a little bit. I, I don't mind doing some research on it at all. Um, another thing I wanted to ask um, <clears throat> now, um, considering that anthologies that you've made over the made over the years um Mm -hmm. what was the very first anthology that you put together and um what was like the root cause of it that said you know what i want to bring all these different creative talents together and i want the world to know to know who these people are and just throw them together into this Mm -hmm. just like melting pot of just beautiful words oh like meaning the mm-hmm. moment oh yeah. you mean like what was the moment that made you decide hey i want to do this that's what you're asking Leon? yeah um okay, yeah okay. yeah mm-hmm. no no i just want to make sure i understood yeah, yeah. okay okay uh-huh uh raw earth inc has published to date uh six anthologies two of them are uh poetry and art and four of them are dark fiction short stories the first one I did that I put out was Stat- Static Dreams, Volume 1, followed very quickly by Static Dreams, Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's dark fiction. At the time, I was um, I was just kind of coming out of a pretty dark part where I was reading a lot of dark stuff. I was writing a lot of dark stuff. And when I say dark, I mean not to the um, level of horror, but uh, dark themes, twisted themes. And, uh, you know, I was in the WordPress community and just, you know, uh, rubbing elbows with hundreds of amazing writers. And uh, what actually sparked it, interestingly enough, is um, a fellow publisher. He, he now has his own publishing company, River Dixon. He's not on Instagram, never has been. I doubt he ever will be. But um, River Dixon and I were um, pretty good friends, and uh, and we just we would we co-wrote a few flash fiction and poetry pieces together, and we said, "Hey, what do you think about writing a short story?" 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's do this. So we wrote this short story and then we get done with it. Took us literally a year to write because River would take it and he wouldn't write for like a month. (laughs) And I'd say, hey, what did you abandon? No, no, you know, because he was writing his own books and stuff. So anyways, it took us a year to finish finish this darn story. It's about 5,000 words. So it's not even that long. But um, and we got done and I said, man, what are we going to do with this? You know, hey, I got an idea. I'm going to publish a, you know, I'm going to make a call out to to publish short stories, dark, twisted stories. And so I did. I put the call out. Um, you know, I don't think I put it out on Instagram. I think I only put the call out on WordPress, as I recall. And uh, I had enough stories for two books. Mm, okay. So um, that's how, well, that's why there's volume one and volume two. And uh, really, again, I I always call myself a storyteller who sometimes writes poetry because that's where my heart's at. I love short stories. I love long 1,000-page books. Um, I'm a reader. So um, I really wanted to showcase um, short stories, you know, with a common theme-ish. No, it makes sense. <laughs> Being that they were dark dark and twisted and so um i've uh i've been an editor for magazines and stuff before so editing comes like second nature to me and uh so that's what i um that's what i decided to do was to get that was where static dreams and then i had so much fun doing it that i was like i'm gonna do a poetry and art one and that's where the poet symphony came from that leon's published in yeah i have the ebook i do have the ebook uh and it was uh, again it goes back to what i was saying earlier brandon was the one brandon white he was the one that um that it that it told me back i think he put he promoted it i was like oh okay and then from there that's why he came up with the year that stole the light away and i remember that first interview we had back yeah. in 20 um mm-hmm. he, he he that's when i first heard of terra caribou i was like oh okay and then later and then that's when now i started following you and then from there um you were the bridge that i eventually met leon and everybody else so it's like it's interesting how sometimes it's like, yeah. it's like, a, it's like a domino effect like you meet one person it, the yeah. other. it's like wow you know but i gotta say <laughs> like the way you do your covers is so immaculate i'm like wow like especially that, yeah. that cover you did. <laughs> i love it i love it especially the boat for the sinking like i love that like like just the way you did that cover that is like phenomenal yeah yeah brandon is um he's a he's a great guy to work with i have so much respect for him He's so talented. I don't know if you've ever heard any of his music or anything. Yeah, I, I his actually, I, I have his, um, yeah, I listen to his um, Spotify stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's all laughing yeah. a while back because when I promoted the, you know, I was like, hey, um, oh, you know, like check out his new book. It released whatever. I have put one of his songs as the thing on the story. He's like, really, bro? I'm like, yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> He, he's a, he's a really cool guy. I'm it's I'm so honored to work with him. I I every time he goes, "Hey, let's do another book." I'm like, "Oh, really? You you want to work with me again?" <laughs> and I'm always that. like kind of astounded whenever anyone contacts me, even for a first contact for a 
for, oh, wow, this person wants me to do their, wow, this is so cool. And then when they say second, and now he's uh, the third book, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. Cause I have so much but, respect for him. And, it's and then the thing about you know, it, does that, yeah, oh, sorry. I, I'm sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. Go ahead, Leon. It's fine. I, I was going to say, and the thing about it is like, once again, like, your your personality, your energy, everything about you, your spirit, it's you're so humble and well grounded and you know, as you as a great talent yourself. Um, but yet, you know, even in your talent, um, it amazes me how like you're always in awe um of all the other talents and not only that, but all the um people you come in contact with, you always give a push. Um, for them to be like greater for me I, now I can say this um, the poet symphony when that came about um, mm -hmm. Tara for months <laughs> Tara <laughs> for months like pushed me it's like Leon um, you know um, write a couple of poems or write a poem for um, this book I think you'd really be great in it yeah uh, okay and then you know weeks went by once again she's like Leon I really think you're a good writer you really need to put um something in this book and like yeah and then it was like i think down to like the last hour or something and um man come on man was like, right like come on yeah, yeah, no, she, no but listen she would not and i, and I want to say this i'm glad you hounded me like that because <laughs> i was just procrastinating not only was i procrastinating but i was also like doubtful of you know my own work. I'm like, oh, who's really gonna? I'm like, okay. And then the biggest blessing was um, just, I remember it. Like, even though in 2020, I felt all hell was breaking loose um, in my life during that time, not just with my whole like COVID thing, but other things. But the blessing was being able to, like, you know, I remember getting the book in the mail and looking at it, like, and just feeling the cover and looking at the back cover, seeing my name and all the other authors' names and then flipping the pages and and then when I saw like my poem and my my, my picture and everything, I was mm -hmm. like, wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. isn't it, There's isn't nothing like it. Isn't it yeah. to look yeah. back? And then I was just like, wow, a piece of me is like there forever. <laughs> so, you know, so speaking like, of that, um, here's my next question. I guess it's like for both of us. I, I mean, for all of us, I guess. But here's my question to you. Uh, I guess Tara, you go first. Um, you know, eventually we're gonna get to a point where you know we all pass on and you know we move on and stuff like that. But the fact that you're always, you can actually look back in life on your last day, let's say, and be like, you know, I was able to do this. I was able to do that. You know, and one of them being a publishing company and publishing other people's words into your company or with doing books and stuff like that. So I guess my question to you is how important is leaving that kind of a legacy behind? And what are you looking as far as, um, what, what are you looking for as far as impact? Like how important is that for you and why is it important for you? Well, um, yeah, I mean, if you're not leaving anything behind, then what, what's the point? My whole reason why I got online and started to share my work in, on WordPress and eventually Instagram was because I just wanted to touch the hearts of even like six other people because I it was like I was 
at the time I was living off grid way off in the middle of nowhere. And I was sitting there, you know, loving my, um, where I lived, you know, it was quiet. There's no cars, there's no planes, there's no, no electricity, no nothing. And I'm out there looking out over my land and I'm like, you know, just how beautiful it is. And I thought, you know, and I'm a writer. And so I'd write things and stuff, but no one read it but me. And I thought, you know, if I were to die, like four people would know. And what would I have left? You know, my, and at the Mm. time I had, I had one daughter and at that time, and I was like, um, what would she have of me? And, you know, I thought I got to get this out there. And even if I can just touch a few other lives to just, um, someone can say, yeah, I feel that, or, oh man, yeah, that's what I'm going through or something. And that was my whole thing. I just wanted to be able to, to widen my, my sphere of influence just a little tiny bit to just try to help in any way I could. And so I started just, you know, I, you know, come up with the pseudonym Tara Caribou and I can write, um, because I had another blog, a real one about my real life and everything but you know then you feel a little constrained because you know people who know you are reading it and you have to be careful what you say yeah and I thought yeah. I'm gonna just put it out there and I'm gonna say whatever I want to say and it doesn't matter because nobody knows me um, they don't know if I'm single or married they don't know if I have kids they don't they don't know anything about me and so um, they would just know me for my words and that was kind of where I wanted to go at it. And so leaving a legacy follows right along with that because now, okay, I don't sell a lot of my books. A lot of people don't care for my writing. That's okay. A couple people do. And they say, wow, I really, you know, I understand what you're saying. And that's all I could ever ask for. Mm-hmm. So that moves into the publishing other people's works, Andy, because then I'm doing the same thing for other people. It's hard. It's a, you know, I put in months and months and months of research before I published even one single book to make sure I had all the rules down all the, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rules in publishing that self publishers, why their books don't turn out is because they don't put in the research in time. There's a lot of pros mm-hmm. and cons to so many things. And so my whole thing is I'm publishing other people. I don't, make any money off of it i i could care less about money money is really kind of nothing to me and all i really want is to let someone like leon or you or anybody else brandon as a vehicle to get your words out there to help um, influence other people to leave your legacies behind and to do it in the best way possible something you can be proud of and say, and, you know, Brandon goes, Oh, Tara did this. And I said, no, all I did was just kind of push you in the right direction, you know, cause it's overwhelming. Wow. No, amen to that. Yeah. I feel you on that. But that that's everything you said is exactly how I felt about, you know, uh, no, how I felt. This is um, how I feel about doing this podcast and mm-hmm. you know and doing it what I'm doing and um it's funny because I have moments in my life like let's say if I'm doing nothing I'm in my office and I'm just you know 
just let's say listen to music, whatever. Like I'll have like this moment of reflection. Like I talk very, like I talk out loud to myself as if I'm talking to a person. Like yeah, I pray to God and stuff like that. But I know I also talk to myself out loud a lot and act like I'm having a conversation mm-hmm. with somebody when there's no one really there. But I, I, I feel like you know what I know Guilty. God, but I know God <laughs> listens to that too. So because mm-hmm. I have said things and things would happen and I'm just like. Oh, okay. I gotta watch what I say, even into the atmosphere. Wow. But um, I words just... have power. Yes. Oh mm-hmm. God. Yeah. Life think, and death and biblically, the power of yeah. Power. I think biblically, I believe that. Yeah. Biblically speaking, I think I, I I don't know if it's Ephesians or Ecclesiastes or something, but it it talks a lot about um. It's Ephesians. Please correct me, Leon. But I know there's a part of verse that says um, you know I will. There's if life you... and death and the power of the tongue. You can speak life, or you can speak oh, that, death that, 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 Yeah, life and death and the power of the tongue. Yeah. Um, so so uh, that's like one of my favorite. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's one of my favorite um, lines to say. Um, and actually, um, where, that come, where that comes from, um, exa- exactly. Um, actually, hold on. Let me. Um, okay, so why you're. It comes from Proverbs, actually. Oh, it comes okay. from the book of Proverbs. Okay. Yeah. Oh wait, eighteen twenty one for anyone who wants to know. Life and death death and life are in the power of the tongue. Yeah. And those who love it will eat its fruits. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 Amen. Um what was I gonna yep. say though? Oh yeah, so um so I do but in, when I talk out loud, I do a lot of moments of reflecting a lot, I notice. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I hope this is heard somewhere. But anyway, um, just the other night, I was just having this conversation with myself saying how, you know, I know. Oh, wait, 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 wait I'm sorry. So I was having this conversation with myself. And sometimes these conversations with myself be- turns into a whole out argument when there's nobody there. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, who am I arguing with? Like... And my wife's like, who are you talking to? I mean, oh, I'm gathering my thoughts. But I realized, oh, I get that from my father because my father used to do that. I look back now like, oh, I've developed a lot of his bad habits, I see. Ah, But, you know, it's funny. You never really learn too much about yourself until you have a child. Like, I, I've learned so much about myself through mm-hmm. my son. It is crazy. So, anyway, right. I was having this conversation with myself. And it turned into not not like a argument, but it got into this thing because my mind's just weird like that like i feel like i'm actually in a place somewhere and i'm having this conversation with somebody but anyway and i was just saying to myself in the conversation how i know what it's like to not have a place to be provided for me where i can Mm -hmm. have a voice i know what it's like to not be able to have a chance at life Mm -hmm. or to really Mm. or just to even like get myself out there like whether it's at jobs or or in life or like any um, any type of circle of, of life because you know i've dealt with a lot of rejection i've dealt with a lot of verbal abuse growing up um i've dealt with a lot mm-hmm. of you know especially when you grow up in a hispanic household where you know it, things are just not talked about like mental health was a big no-no growing up and it was one of those things like oh like you'll get over it stop being a bitch or whatever the case is and Mm -hmm. i've had a lot of verbal abuse go my way i've had um one time my guidance counselor because i was in special education pretty much most of my school life 
that told me, I mean, it's not, I mean, and, and at the time, I don't take, I, I mean, I, I guess at the time, I didn't understand, but, um, at, you know, I look back now, I'm like, okay, like, she was just doing her job, I guess. Uh, when I told Angela about it, Angela's like, no, that's no excuse yeah, to say stuff Yeah, she like got that. very upset. <laughs> yeah, I was like, no, no, but <laughs> I get what she's saying, but I'm like, you guys said what I'm coming from. But anyway, she's like, she literally said that, um, you know, there's no point of you taking the SATs because you know like you're probably gonna fail it anyway and you know you're special less so mm -hmm. to consider this a pass and at the time it was just wow like, no yeah mm -hmm. i've had stuff like that even in job interviews like I, I know what you're trying to do but listen i've got time to really train people like that like i've had people really put me down all mm -hmm. lot, not given a chance and right. even when i went to college i'm thinking i'm gonna get that career in engineering and then here i am the reality smacks me uh it's a little bit more than that but see nobody sat down with me and really told me and really helped me out and even when i had friends or supposed friends that say they were going to be there for me or help me. Hey, I got you. And then mm -hmm. I'm calling you bluff. Nothing fucking happens. Uh, I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry about the curse. You know, it's just, see, this is what I'm saying. It gets into this stupid thing now, but anyway, um, mm -hmm. I know what it's like to have that rejection, not getting able a chance. Like uh, mm -hmm. you look at my track record of, having a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, it's not really that good. I've only had three serious relationships. Um, I've had dated here and there, but it never really gotten far. Um, my third relationship mm -hmm. was actually with my wife, and I ended, I'm, this is the first one that I can say, oh, yeah, this actually is going to last forever type thing. But the point is, I know what it's like to not be given a chance or just to be given a space or provided for anything that I had to work for. And even to this mm -hmm. day, I felt like, you know, like, like, like I, I do feel hopeless at times and it's gotten to that situation that like, I was really thinking about this back in even December where I said, okay, I really want to give back. I have a heart for service. I'm like, mm -hmm. Lord, give me something and I'll, I promise to do good with it, you know, however yeah. it takes me. So when, I don't know, like everything just happened. So like the pieces of the puzzle just started to happen where all right, I'm going to relaunch my podcast. Don't know what this is. And I talked to Leon, and this is what I'm saying. Me and Leon and, and it's funny connected. It's so crazy. I messaged you to him because it was like God literally was. I'm telling you, God was literally like, "Oh, message Andy," because Andy and me hadn't really talked in a while, and like <laughs> Andy had just prayed, <laughs> and and all of a sudden I hit him. I'm like, "Hey, you know, it's been a while. How you doing?" And then all of a sudden, just it just came together. Yeah. So now mm -hmm. it's yeah. So it's it's myself. It's Angela, it's Leon, and it's like, we all have the same vision at the end of the day. What all comes down to is, it was never given to me, but I want to give it to others, if that makes sense. Exactly. It's oh, I, 100%, yeah. it makes sense, yes. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I know what it's like to not have those things. I know there's people yep. in this life that, because you, know, you hear all these podcasting, but it's always famous people, it's always wrestling, mm -hmm. it's always that. There's no real... Thing like this of poetry yeah this button poetry this wow poetry there's all this rattle whatever mm -hmm. it was called but they don't but it's not like what we're doing here where i'm i'm the one reaching right. out i'm the one saying hey do you want to have an interview with us so you can get your word out there and get your story out there because everybody has a story to tell and we are not providing mm -hmm. for it so my thing is if i can be the beginning process of creating a bridge 
so I can inspire others to want to do the same thing within this community, then so be it. And that's really what my whole thing is. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. What was a podcast became pretty much a community. Let's just call it what it is. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, it used to be a podcast. So it's a podcast. Um, Unraveled Influence became about. So now that became a community page that has a podcast and here we are having this conversation, but I know what it's like to not being provided for. So I want to be the one that provides where people like yourself and people like Leon and others could actually, this is a safe space. Let's have this conversation. The stories that need to be told. There's things that people do not talk about. And, and like, let's just, let, let's just build this bridge. Let's let's cause I, there was this whole argument one time that says, is poetry dead? I don't think poetry's dead. I think poetry has been misdirected and I just want to be the mm -hmm. one that helps Absolutely. direct it back to where it should be. And this is why I think about um, Allen Ginsberg and the Beat Generation and all this other stuff. And that's really what I think about. Well, and I'd like to speak to um, something you said there about not having opportunities. And I really, really feel that as we go through our lives, we experience different things, you know, like you had that experience with that teacher, you know, various things. And instead of taking that and go, woe is me, I'm never going to have, never going to get a break and never got, instead it's, this shows your heart in the matter because you go, you know what? I know what I had to work with and I want to reach out my hand to somebody else and help them a little bit. And that's really, really important. I feel, you know, um, I could sit here, um, you know, some people, uh, most people know that um, my firstborn, my son died. And, you know, I could sit in that grief and feel sorry for myself and keep it to myself. But instead, what does that do for his life that made it worth pretty much nothing, right? Or I can say, I'm going to take what I learned in my grief and I can reach out. I can be the one who reaches my hand out to other people and say, yeah, I know what grief is. I'm acquainted with it. That's who you are. You have a grief as a part of you now. And hey, let me help you. Let me sit beside you and listen to you. Let me, you know, um, whatever, you know, what in it, whatever way I can help out with that now I could so I can take something that's a really hard thing to go through and I can turn it into something beautiful and that's the same thing with what you're talking about how you can take these moments of um, denial and rejection and uh, you know getting beat down and everything and say I'm going to take something really hard and I'm going to turn it into something beautiful you know and I think that's one you know, reason why I really connect with Leon, because I really feel he does the same thing. A lot of times he takes some really hard things and he makes them into something beautiful. And I think that's really where we need to be at. It's one reason why I really connect with you, Andy, as well, because you're doing this. I was actually kind of sad when you weren't doing the podcast for a while, because I was like, man, that was a really cool thing you were doing. It's not something I could ever do. So I have the greatest of respect for anyone who can do this. So it's a really, really cool thing that you're you're speaking to without even saying it. You're just doing it with your actions. Thank you. I appreciate that. I received that for sure. And uh, like I said, yeah. it, it's just so true what you're saying because it's it, it's like you know again like because I 
because you know it's too i've had hiatuses here and there so mm-hmm. um I, I don't really talk about this a lot i guess i could talk about it now because it's different um you know i'm not, I'm not bashing anybody or anything like that it's just you know when i first started this thing um and i was talking to joe Steele um back in 2019 2020 it's so interesting because um he was actually the reason i started my podcast right because he was the one that introduced me to it he said hey you should check this out i think what you have is good i already have my community page um it was jack so it was jammed them down the jammed them sessions live mm-hmm. and then there was mm-hmm. sessions live and long story short um you know create differences just wasn't on the same page like me leon yeah. and angela are and it's nothing bad it's just whatever we, everybody had different vision this mm-hmm. is what it is and you know when i was doing this by myself um there was only so much i can do i'm like okay see because i it took time for me to realize that I work better with people than working alone. Because mm. when I have another person with me, uh, when I have, let's say, two, three, or even four people, then this is when it becomes fun again. It becomes an awesome, awesome situation. It becomes a situation where I'm like, wow, we can actually have different opinions about something and engage in such a conversation I've never been engaged in before. And I, I that's why mm-hmm. when all this started from Leon just hitting me up, and with Angela Murray, this thing started with her having a post on New Year's Eve about, okay, New Year, new me. And, you know, we all hear the New Year, new me. Oh, my God. But with her, it was a little different. And I reached out to her like, I don't know what it was about her. I said, hold on. So I did the first interview with her. And um, and that that was the first episode of the rebranding, and it was one of those situations like, oh okay, cool, oh, yay, oh interesting kind of thing, and <laughs> it, it just became this thing. And then of course she first goes live with me, cause um Leon here has his little hiatus, which is understandable. <laughs> Sorry, bro, I had to kind of do that to you, bro. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Um, and it's, um, I don't know. It just, it just worked. And her first live with me was with Arthur and then everything just, you know, started from there. And then when we had our live with, um, Brandon White, like I said, you know, let me do the first hour with myself because kind of like with Leon, you know, um, me and Brandon, um, I consider him very close with me because, um, Mm -hmm. we've had these private conversations about our fathers and stuff like that. So we relate so much. And the first mm-hmm. one we did live was when it was under Janum Sessions Live, which I'm slowly still trying to rebrand rebrand these episodes into current. And, um, you know, so for me to do this interview with him with his new book, I felt like it was very important that I did this. And, oh, mm-hmm. then he goes, oh, uh, yeah. So then there was that. And then to have, okay, at the second hour, have Angela and... Leon joined even in there and it was just the timing was perfect everything was perfect and it was just such an amazing experience and this is what I look forward to every time I do these things I just went on a whole rant I am so sorry (laughs) (laughs) well the cool thing is is you can hear your passion and your voice for what you're doing so I think that anyone can identify with that when you're doing what what you're supposed to be doing in this moment, at least, you know, does it go on forever? Does it last for two weeks? It doesn't matter because in this moment, that's where your passion lies. So 
that's that's the cool part of it amen and something leon said to me a while back and i didn't even realize it till now uh, actually no i think it was in the episode with gladden i believe it was and he's a guy that does fit this community but we had him on that one day my son's gonna see this one and be like, oh, I, I get to see a different side of my father. Well, I, I never had mm -hmm. the opportunity to experience that with my father because my father, you know, old school Puerto Rican guy, did, did, you know, they were very private. And it's so interesting because when I had the life with Arthur, one thing I said to him, I said, well, it wasn't until after my father died, I started to learn about his life. I started to learn more about right. how hurt he used to be. And one day I was moving um, my help my mom move from the two bedroom to a one bedroom apartment, and I saw my father's pieces because he he's actually the 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 what's the word? He was the key that opened the door inside of me to want to start writing. And I'm like, you know, mm. it's cool that he writes. So I want to write just because. But what started off as just because became this whole big thing, which is so insane, and. It, it, that's what unlocked different parts of my mind that I never thought would be unlocked. And with that being said, when I was helping my mom move and I came across this piece, I took certain screenshots here and there. And I was just like how, I'm like, wow, I never realized how hurt my father really was until after he passes away. Like so much hurt. And I'm like, whoa like and i look at myself and i look at my pm my way if i really think about it, they're very similar and i think it i don't know if it's because we're both the youngest of our family i'm the youngest of three he's the youngest of seven kids kind of thing mm -hmm. and it's one of those things like wait like what what is this here because i had a period where i didn't write for years after a while and it wasn't until my father passed away that i felt like that part of him spiritually mm. went on to me and I just started writing again. Right. But yeah, there's something about grief that really brings out the writer. You know, I've, yeah. uh, I've experienced that, you know, in the hundreds and hundreds of people that I've followed over the years and read their stuff. And I'll tell you what grief, it, there is one thing about writing through your grief. In fact, when I, um, when my son died, the people at the hospital were, it was actually a religious hospital. Uh, and they, that, you know, people have all these horrible um, experiences in the hospital. And I'll tell you what, this hospital in Spokane, Washington, so amazing, such amazing staff. They were, every single one of them was so, so nice. It was, it was, I can, and I'm not, a, I don't, I'm not a doctor, a hospital person. I don't go to doctors or hospitals for like anything. Um, and the experience there was so cool, but they gave me a little like homemade book on grief from parents who had lost their children, dads and moms. And it, that book helped me and I still have it to this day. That book helped me so much, you know, all these people writing in their grief. Um, it's just, I don't know what it is about writing you know, and grief that just go hand in hand. Yeah. It's uh, interesting. Yeah. Although I definitely agree with that. And I think um, it's like we were talking about earlier, like the whole legacy thing, that's the legacy I felt like my father left for me, if that makes sense, in a way that it's like, um, okay, that's his legacy for me, and now I want to follow that legacy. And 
but right. but it, it became it is funny too because this became okay let me go on instagram let me just post whatever and it just became this and it was through mm-hmm. poets anonymous that's really where it all started from zillion poetry that's well where yeah it started mm-hmm. from and yeah, it just right. to think from there um I, I just got inspired so much that it just Again, yeah. here we are. It's like it's so interesting how little pieces of puzzles could just fall together, like little by little. And it's not like okay, here it is. I found the piece. It's more like it took time. It took a process. It took mm-hmm. a long time for me to really understand what I want to do in this life, if that makes sense. And with that right. being said, um, Leon, what are your thoughts? Because you're just awfully quiet, my friend. He's muted on his end, so is I he? don't know. Yeah, he is. So I don't know if he's stepped out of the room or if he. Oh, oh there wait, he no, is. So no wonder. Oh no wonder you guys didn't see me. Okay, I'm, I apologize. Because there were a couple of times I was trying to interject, and I'm like, "Wait, I'm being ignored right now." Oh, I didn't even we're ignoring you, Leon. Leon, I was like, you, we're oh, ignoring okay. you. <laughs> wow! I thought Fuck. at one point here he's gonna say something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, you're a little quiet. Hi, Leon. So- Welcome back. No, nope. <laughs> hi. I'm sorry. So I got like a phone call, and I had to jump back onto here real quick. So, yeah, um, <laughs> I was going. <laughs> oh, Talking about grief, um, mm-hmm. the reason why I agree so much with that is, um, I believe 2020 was my business my busiest writing year. Um, and Tara, you know, you can account for this. I mean, I was dropping stuff like it felt like twice a week or something um, on my previous account. And I was doing not only solo stuff, I was just mm-hmm. messaging different poets who inspired me. And I'm like, let's collab, let's collab, mm-hmm. let's collab, let's collab, let's collab. <laughs> and, you know, and then not only that, but I had um, also 2020, um, that whole year, I got published left and right because um, mm. people like like all these different poets all at the same time in 2020 were publishing stuff. And I was mm. like, oh, can I be a part of that book? Or they would literally DM me, I'm writing this book. Do you want to be a part of it, Leon? And it was mm. amazing. So it was not only was it Poet Symphony, but then it was Ink Gladiator Press. Um, then there was Ryan... Then there was um, um, Ryan Decker, who goes by Azazel. Mm-hmm. Um, I um, he did an interview with me. Um, then there was um, there were so many. There was so did many different. Stephanie, I think Stephanie. Lang- I think Quill Keepers Press. I think they put something out that year too. Oh. Didn't they? Did yeah. They put out a- yeah, yeah see, they I did, don't know too did. much, they yeah, because did. I know there was a lot going on. I know me, I had lost my job at 2020, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. everybody was going live, and that's when it peaked. You ever notice how there was a peak moment, but then all of a sudden, it's like, once 2021, 2022 came in, it kind of just declined, dropped, and I know... Yeah, in the know, middle of 2021 is when it, like, right, but it that's, definitely but, dropped. But algorithm definitely has something to do with it, and I think that's yeah. what pushed oh, me yeah. to want to break the freaking algorithm type thing. So I've been studying a lot about what the best times are, what to look for, look at your analytics, what, 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 you know, mm. like, those things help a lot. 
and I just feel like a lot has been lost. And I, I actually, no, let me phrase that. Mm-hmm. Is that that it's been lost? I think it's been lost to a point where certain aspects of the poetry community and just poetry itself has got so distorted that, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's back to like the redirecting of that. And I feel like just like how it was doing 2020, we can get back to that if we just all like, just, I don't mean you, I mean, everybody, all of us, if we can just really just find a way to just, you know, really really because again everybody has a story everybody has something to say and i just feel like it's important and um, well andy one thing i'd like to say kind of along with the grief that sort of follows with this is i think it's important for writers especially um instagram poetry writers seem to find their muse in the grief and if that grief isn't there they Mm. can't write and if that loss and i'm talking about not just death grief i'm talking you can have grief losing your house in a fire you can have grief in losing a a spouse or a partner or a boyfriend or girlfriend or something uh, because you break up you can have grief when you uh, lose your job you can it's a different kind of a grief but you can have it and i noticed this trend of people who can only write their muse is their grief or their sorrow. Right. And if that is your muse and you get redirected, um, I know, you know, you get redirected in some way. Like, for instance, a lot of people were really, really affected by this uh, whole COVID thing. I personally wasn't, but a lot of other people were. And, you know, they got redirected and suddenly their muse is gone. Well, I'm not grieving um, the loss of this partner who I thought I was in love with forever or I'm not grieving the loss of you know whatever it is or I'm not grieving I'm not in this time of torment I'm now redirected and suddenly all these muses disappeared because they were reaching instead of reaching it from their creative point of view they were relying on that muse to bring that supposed creativity in and I think that is what a huge problem is it wasn't COVID it is looking at the deeper harder heart of the matter. What, what, at what point, what are you drawing from to create your art? Mm. I'm not saying you can't use the grief at times, but here's it. It's, I think of it opposite. Use your creativity to work through your grief rather than using the grief for your creativity. Right. You see mm. the difference? Yeah. And I think that is a really big thing. A lot of people call themselves writers and they're not. They're you know putting pen to paper, but they're not. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting because when I was having a live interview with um, Arthur J. Wilhelm, this is like a while back, mm-hmm. he said something very interesting to that magnitude, how he said, you know, it seems like a lot of people, in, especially now, they just want to do it. They just want to write because it's just, it's just cool to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like in that yes. same way, I've had this conversation with Leon. I said, Leon, doesn't that fit exactly in the ways of God, the ways of Christianity? They wear like a name tag. Yeah, I'm a Christian too. But it's like, do you really understand the responsibility mm-hmm. that is? Because right. I'm a, I, I don't want to say I'm a real, I don't want to say it like that, but I'm one of those Christians. Like I'm legit trying my best to live in his ways, to be a better version of myself through God. Mm-hmm. And then there's these other knuckleheads that, yeah, I'm one too, mm-hmm. but yeah, you don't read the word of God or if you like, Anybody could know the word of God and, and, and quote scripture, but if you don't really mm-hmm. 
apply those things to your life to be a better version of you, then then what mm-hmm. are you really showcasing? Because my whole yeah, thing is it's just a title. Yeah, because it's, it's badge, not it's not be, yeah, it, it's supposed to be it's supposed to help you be better than your older self. It's not supposed it's not it's not behavior modification, it's just all about really learning who you are, who you truly are to be better. Mm-hmm. And and and, and civilization has forgotten that. And to me that's how I feel about Christianity, and I feel the same way about um in the in the community, you just want to you just want to write poetry because it's just cool to have, but like where are you mm-hmm. writing this place from? It's so true what you said. Like yeah. it's like it's it's everything is such in a circle. It is crazy. Like it's like yeah. at the end of the day, we get it. We get it. You know, and it's like yeah. You know, um, oh man, I don't, I, I can go on for like hours. <laughs> Uh, you know, you we think, were talking Leon? about how yeah. we've taken breaks, you know, we'll periodically yeah. take a break. I took a break. Um, interestingly, I, I took a break, not from WordPress, I took a break off of Instagram. I went off for four months mm-hmm. and I think like three people noticed. Nobody even noticed I was gone. I was kind of hurt my kind of hurt my feelings a little bit yeah, I, man, I, think, I think you emailed me or texted me or I something did. i emailed you mm-hmm. and i texted you if I yeah yeah and um but it kind of hurt my feelings because i thought that you know sometimes there's this fake camaraderie but sometimes it's uh you know you take these breaks and when i came back i went through and i unfollowed so many people that i realized their spirit that they were putting in because we said words have power even written word mm-hmm. and i think spoken word is stronger but um there's something too that i mean that's how um the that's how this whole realm was created was by the power of word yeah and um so the thing is is that um I realized that I was the reason why I was having such a hard time in this community was because I was allowing the energy of the people writing some of this, some either really dark and twisted stuff or just overly erotic. And I got to say, I am, I'm guilty of that. I did that. I had used to have an erotica site under a different name. I used to do all sorts of stuff. And I realized that the energy that I was creating there really it wasn't conducive to my spirit and Mm -hmm. it was creating a lot of fake friendships like people were oh like I thought they were my friends and everything and come to find out as soon as I quit doing it boy I lost a lot of quote-unquote followers and Uh, uh, you know what so what's that spirit that you're putting into I deleted a ton of stuff Mm -hmm. off of Instagram um and I was just like you know I got I can't do this I I can't let my muse be my readers because now I've lost sight of why I'm doing this to begin with. I'm, you know, was feeling fake. I think it's good to take a step back sometimes and to reevaluate where, what, from what are you drawing your creativity from and what Mm -hmm. are you putting out there? How are you affecting the people? Do I really want to, does every time I said, I said earlier, the reason why I do this is because I want to influence in some small way people around me out there in the world. And is my only thing is to turn people on? Is it to be erotic? Is it to um, make them sad? Is it when I'm all OCD and I'm writing from a really dark place? Is that what I want? I mean, I think there's a time and a place for all these things, but is that my only means of getting out there or do i want to share it all 
my love of nature, my love of love. I'm a, I'm a, I love love. I love people who are in love, who are all of that. It's just like, you know, it just gets you, you see people in love and you're like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) oh, and I love that when it's real. And so I had to really step back and I came back to it and I got to say, you know, it's different. It feels different. So I think a lot of people, this is where we're talking about, you know, 21, 22. I think a lot of people are suddenly realizing I can't actually write because they were, their muse was from the wrong place. And then they also don't want to surround themselves with a bunch of negativity all the time. There's mm-hmm. just, yeah, I don't know. And, That's and, just the way no, I look at it. No, no, I, I get you. But I think for me too, like once 2020 was over, and then little by little they started lifting the restrictions here and there. I think, um, definitely I did see some weird stuff happening too. Not, not in a, like in that way, like oh my god, it's fucked up. More like okay, like it's it's more like an understanding. Like the 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 the, the light started shining on these areas, mm-hmm. even even on myself. Mm-hmm. Where I said, you know what. I, I got to make sure that what I'm doing is for the right reasons, not because it's everybody else yeah. just mm-hmm. doing it. Because I dig, I don't, I, I don't, I like to hope maybe I didn't do that, but I also had to think like, okay, I hope I'm not getting to that point. And that's why mm-hmm. I took breaks here and there. Because let's be honest. And, if you, you keep know, reevaluating. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, keep, and you know because I was getting to a point. I, I'm sorry, Leon. I'm so sorry. I'm yeah, almost done. Yeah, because um, I was I was getting to a point where the likes and the fo- like like that was bothering me a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's when I had to step down because yeah. I wasn't getting what I thought. You know, then I put all this time, but we're not getting mm-hmm. the thing. But I say like, that's what I had yeah. to realize. You know what? Okay, if that's getting me mad, it's not about that. And even um, this other brother yeah. I talked to, Hyro, he was telling me, "Dude, but it's not about that." I'm like, you know, you know, you're right. It's not about that. And and I don't want to. Forget. It's easy to make it about that. Yeah, so I had to step back a few times. Yeah, and back to what you say about the podcast. Yeah, like you know, um, because it, it did break my heart when I had to step back. And, you know, life got mm-hmm. in the way. I mean, I don't want to say life got in the way, but life really had to teach me how to find yes. balance in those things that, you know, it's easy to get discouraged, but it's what you do with that is what determines the outcome of the next thing that happens. And that's why mm-hmm. I had to really, really look back and be like, okay, if I'm going to come back to do this, I have to do it for the right reason, for the right cause, not because I feel like, oh, yeah, it's a cool thing to have or it's whatever. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah. it's, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it's hard. It's hard because let's be honest, like the way, especially today in this civilization, that this generation today, social media has become the main priority now in a post to mm-hmm. like, because when I was in college, it was MySpace, then Facebook was doing for college students. I remember High Five and Mi Gente and all that stuff. But social mm-hmm. media wasn't crazy in that way. There was no algorithm. It was just, okay, this is what it was and that's it. And then all yep. of a sudden, like, here we are years later. I'm like, wait, it wasn't even like this. This is like MySpace no. 2.0. Cause MySpace had a lot of drama, but not in like not the way I see it today, civilization. That is crazy. But um, yeah, Leon, I felt like I, I you wanted to add something for sure. Leon. Um, yes. Uh two things. Um going back, going backwards. Um, to yeah, the writing aspect of it, I often think, and this is why I sometimes remove or archive or replace or then I put back up 
because you know I know with social media there's people see you and then there's this perception of you and they think they know you because of a few poems or a few pictures and all of a sudden they think okay I have all of you figured out (laughs) yeah it's it's really not like that it's not even the case and it's not exactly. Like that. And then, and then, that's why we have to think be about careful. That. We got. That's why we have to, even ourselves. We got to be careful what we put out there, what we say. Right. And then, that whole yes. So wait. So this is part of me. Like anyone who knows me knows I'm a very free spirit, but there's many facets to me, and so I am very, very self conscious, especially now more down the line. Um, of okay, if I put this poem out um how would how am i going to be perceived down the line or yeah. if i put this picture out what is um going to be the pros and cons of it i love it i like it but how is it going to be perceived and then i'll tell you this um because of poems i've created and, and or um pictures i've created there have been people both online and offline because of both that literally have cut me off that have cut me off out of their life um mm-hmm. just because of but you know what Leon? Either, then that means they mm-hmm. weren't meant to be that means they weren't meant to be in that season in your life that means they were right. just there for that time and that's it because you know what happens is they had a perception of you and a vision of you that did not fit their expectations of yeah. who you really are so mm. once you started exposing the real part about yourself that you've always been exposing for the whole time and they see this other side mm-hmm. it's like okay no this is not for me and i'm not saying that's bad and i'm not saying that's good either but they, like look at jesus you know everybody that he thought he was breaking bread with the 12 disciples he was breaking bread with this he was making communion with he was having intimacy with are the same people who turned their backs on jesus when they were gonna get crucified on the cross. How many people actually stood? Yeah. No, pretty much barely anybody. Judas committed suicide basically. Um, everybody else got scared. Peter denied himself, denied Jesus three times after the rooster crow. He yeah, and he was like, "I'll never is. deny you, Jesus." I'll die but you, you get what I'm saying? Because, but yeah. see, but here's the revelation between be, behind the Peter thing. We say things out of emotion, but when it actually happens, it's a whole different dynamic. Same thing with Jesus mm-hmm. when. You know, the weight was so heavy on him that he had to go and pray because he felt like he was going to die. Even though he was dying, but you know what I'm saying, that he felt that weight was so heavy. But everybody that he thought that he was always going to be there, right and die with him, are the same people who ran away from him. Because that means you weren't listening to what I've been trying to tell you this whole time. You just saw a perception of me because everybody else was praising you. And it goes back to what you were saying Tara and what I was saying earlier it's like oh it just looks cool so let me follow Jesus but when they saw the responsibility that it really carried everybody started turning on him everybody started like running away from him so in that same way you know what they just weren't meant for you for that season and that's okay with that because that's happened to me too when people started unfollowing me and I was like you know what it is what it is because my whole perception mm-hmm. because I've been hurt so much I'm like, you know what? I'll mm-hmm. lose two or three friends, but I'll make five more. And I'm okay with that. Like, um, I'm not an That's introvert true. or an extrovert. I'm more like in the middle. So I'm like an amber. Uh, I think they call it an ambervert, which people don't talk about a lot. 
I get the best right. of like the three worlds, but I'm okay if I'm not always included or something. Like that's why like when I put my pieces up, it's just so people can read it. I don't care if I get featured. I don't care if like yeah people read me online. Like I don't give a shit to be honest with you. I just want to put it out just to put it out there. Whoever likes it likes it, and th- and I'm okay with that. I'm okay yep. with not being included or being part of a story. Like I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of humility because. I, I'm be honest. When I first jumped on Instagram, um, I was—I mean, I was running like a headless chicken. Just I got to do this prompt. I got to do this feature, and I literally burnt myself out. I burnt myself out because every time there was a prompt, I'm like, I got to do it. 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 And um, yeah, I'm not a prompt would, guy. I thought, I'm not a prompt hmm? guy, bro. I'm sorry. I'm really yeah, not. But I, yeah, I was, yeah. For the first two years, I was all about like. Doing prompt, do a like, feature, I do a did, prompt, do like, a feature. I did, on I, top of my own stuff. Yeah, like I did do some prompts here and there, but just the ones that I thought like, oh yeah, I could relate to this. Like um, the only ones I really did was the anti-poetic revolution uh, when Mike On was in it. Was a David, and he was doing the one about where's my light, co- no about about light. So that that resonated with me. So I only did maybe one or two like that. But everybody, I just didn't care about prompts. I remember Angela joking, be like, "Hey, let's do some prompt." I'm like, "No, I'm not really a prompt guy. I'm sorry, sorry, Angela." If you hear Thank this. you, Andy. I'm not a prompt guy. <laughs> no, prompt Andy, guy. I'm right uh, there with you. I, there's been a couple times where I've read a prompt, or um, maybe when people do picture prompts or something, and I'll look at it and instantly the words come to my mind. I'll do it, but I'll yes. tell you what, it's probably only happened like six times for me. I'm not a prompt writer. I don't, I, I have enough inspiration. I don't need someone to give me some weird word, but I, I got to say when people say, Hey, give me a prompt for writing. I'll totally chime in with something, you know, cause Hey, if, oh, if you yeah. like that, but for me and I, you know, and then there's this whole community that's all they do is prompt writing. And I'm like, hello, is that the, you can only write <laughs> with prompts? Like, really? Like, there's so, be flexible. Like, I could do prompts or without prompts. That like most of my poetries are without prompts, and then, um, but then like my style always comes off um, just free flow. And I know some people like I know there's people like oh I can write in haiku, I can write in this style, I can write in that style, and and I've had some people so what's your style I'm like? I just write. I don't have a style. I really don't have. <laughs> yeah, but I just write. Yeah, I because if it comes off like a rap song, okay. If it comes off as oh, this thing seems all like miscombobulated by get to get it, that's just me. Like it just means just spreading out my consciousness on onto onto the page. Yeah, because I mean, if I had to really pick a theme, I write a lot about God, but not like. It's not always gonna be I love you, Lord, forever. But it's always like Lord, I need help. What the fuck's going on? Like that's more me. But then I also think I also write about stuff in my mind that doesn't make any sense, but I put it into paper. I'm like, yeah, like like one, like a couple of weeks ago, last year, I think it is. I wrote a piece. I I took a word innuendo, didn't know what it was, and I just wrote a piece based on the definition of the word. I'm like, okay, it doesn't make sense, but that's what came out of my head. I'm like, okay, here, this is what it is. <laughs> I, do I know how to use the word? No, I don't even know. It's what surrealist. It yeah, I. Yeah, you know what's funny? I only got into surrealism because of Hyro and um Cassie Fields because they write a lot about and and Robert Charbonneau because they 
write a lot about surrealism and stuff like that. Um, that's a very <laughs> interesting side of um, writing, I have to say. Very interesting side. Mm-hmm. Surrealism, when it's done right, is awesome. But there's a quite a few people out there that I've read where they say, oh, I'm a surrealist writer. I'm like, no, you're just a bad writer. <laughs> but that's not <laughs> surrealism. Wow. You know, <laughs> you know, it, you know it's, it's funny because, like, like I said, it's like, my writing, um, and I love how you worded it. Like I write from my heart. Yeah. Um, like whatever's bothering. And, 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 and it bleeds out, and that's like, I think the best writing because you're writing from the deepest depths of your soul. And not to say somebody who doesn't write from the heart can't write good, mm-hmm. but I think there's something about when you write from your soul, when you write from your spirit, it can connect onto the deepest like level with somebody rather than somebody's like, wow, you, you can put some great words together and this is it's a heart know, connection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I mean this is oh man. Wow. This is You know, so since amazing. we're talking about writing, um, mm-hmm. I feel like we would be amiss to um not ask you if you could read one or two of them. You know, one of your two of your poems that you really um, like. I I really would like um, not just me and Andy, but of course, um, um, anybody who hears in the future, um, you know, a couple of your pieces, if if, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, I can I can do that. Um, I kind of earmarked a couple pieces here earlier, and I guess the question is, do you want uh, a typically? Um, you know, I have a couple of different subjects I write from. I do my latest book, Euphoria and Blue, which I advertised zero for. I told like nobody. <laughs> I just, yeah, because I, I did not was know funny. And all the people are. Leon. What? <laughs> what was funny was I, I one day I, I was, I don't know, sitting around and I go, I'm going to make another book. And I just sat down in like two days. I just put it together. <laughs> <laughs> And I put it out and I'm like, this may be my favorite book I've done so far. And I, uh, I've, and done no, I've told <laughs> nobody, I haven't put it on my website. I mean, it's so ridiculous. I'm like, I don't know why I've mailed a few copies out to just people. I'm like, Hey, can I send you my book? And yeah, I, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> let me, let me tell you real quick. Um, my first book, Falling Star Rising, I, it's a big book because I like bigger books and it doesn't sell well because it's I think it's too it's too uh big for people they they get overwhelmed but it's a over it's an so like this is it a has, it's man. all it's all poetry but it's a story of a woman who um is alone and she's very alone in the world and then she meets someone and they have a very like super hot um coming together where they seem really connected and then he betrays her and then uh, it's in the end is her kind of picking up the pieces and moving on. And mm. with uh, the book four, my second book, um, I remember I that wanted, book. Mm-hmm, I wanted to incorporate um, more art. So there's photog- black and white photography in there. And it's actually, I'm a numbers person. So it's like split into four section and each four sections is broke into four sections and each of those four sections has four poems and so it's like i i'm a weird and i'm the only one who knows that well now you do too but 
Um, and so, uh, so there's that one. And then my new book, Euphoria in Blue, is, is a shorter book. It's like, I don't know what, maybe I didn't put pages on here, maybe 100 pages or something. But um, what it is, is it's, a, it's called Euphoria in Blue Dreams. And um, it's kind of this, it moves into surrealism. If you were, what I imagine as you're working through the book is you start out when you're first going to sleep. And then as you go to sleep, you have these, you know, you're kind of thinking about things and then you're kind of, you start half dreaming, half thinking. And so that gets more and more dreamlike qualities. So it's mm. broken the two books, Euphoria and um, Dreaming in Blue. And so I guess I'll start, I'll just read. Um, I don't know why I told you all that. There was really no point to it, but um, no, no, don't do that. <laughs> uh, you know, I really like Euphoria and Blue. I have a macro black and white photography on almost every other page um, of a lot of flowers and, uh, you know, leaves and mushrooms and stuff. Macro, so way up close, super zoomed in, along with the poetry itself, because I'm also kind of, I do photography for fun. Um, so, <laughs> um, so Euphoria and Blue, I'll just read my the first piece in the book, and I um, it's called Flow. <clears throat> As the sun goes down, rays of orange light filter through the crashing surf, curling waves glowing from within. It's gorgeous, magical mesmerizing and maybe that's what your love does for me perhaps it fills me works its way through the churning swelling rising swirling waves that are me yes your love flows through me and makes me something more makes me something beautiful wow that's wow. the poem flow that was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, no, no, um, so walk me through the process of writing this piece. Like, what, what was the process behind it? It just came out like that on the fly, or was it something that you were thinking about and it just came in? Or, uh, I, I'm a very much a stream of consciousness type of a writer, and I do a lot of my writing, um, outside, or um, especially when I'm at the beach, um which sounds glamorous, but it's not because it's Alaska. But um, I, um, I'm really inspired by nature, um, whether it's the stars or clouds. I stare at the clouds and the stars a lot. Last night I was sitting up for two hours watching the auroras. Um, and uh, I like, you know, go, going to the beach. I'm really inspired by the ocean and uh, the mountains and the snow. And I just love nature i love being out i love the fresh air and uh so you know i'm sitting here and i'm looking out at the waves which i mentioned in this you know i'm i'm looking at the crashing surf and i and you know the sunlight shining through it and if you've ever seen that how it just it glows it it's just beautiful and i it just brought to mind how someone's love or uh, the love of the creator 
um, does that, how it fills you and works your way through. And even though you're churning and you're rising and you're swirling and doing all the things that the water does crashing on the shore, you know, it's turbulent and you have these moments where it's kind of peaceful and calm and sometimes it's rising up. And that's kind of how we are kind of a chaotic mess, but also, you know, having these moments of peace or whatever and allowing the love of someone or, or the creator to flow through you makes you into something more beautiful. Instead of just being this wave crashing on the shore, you've got this light glowing through you and there's depth and there's, you know, it's not just orange through the blue of the water. It's like there's parts where it's blue and green and yellow and clear and white. And it's just, that's what I think of as love. When you really allow it to flow through you, it makes you into something more beautiful. Amen. That was powerful. And I think you just inspired my new poem. <laughs> hey, listen, you haven't, no, written a piece. you haven't written a piece yeah. in so long, bro. You need to start going back into the writing, man. I think me and um, Tara are going to start getting on you. <laughs> no, you yeah. can I, I, you... I need fire to put under me. I think you, um, you know, you get a little down because you're not inspired. But I think the thing is, is you really have to just don't say I have writer's block. Don't don't curse yourself like that. Say I'm going to write something wonderful and sit down and just put pen to paper. Just write a sentence down and then let it go. And don't you, you know, you're your own worst roadblock in writing. I think most people can speak to that, you know, that for the yeah. most part. If you're not able to write or you're not able to create art in some way, you can't do your painting, you can't do your drawing, you're your own worst roadblock. Just do it. Yeah. Just you got to you only you can pick up the pen or pick up your phone or whatever you write on. You're the only person who can do it. You know, I'm not going to pick up your finger and, you know, hand peck the letters out for you. So. <laughs> word, word, word. Oh, man. That would be pretty funny, though. That would that that is funny energy though. <laughs> like a, <laughs> a human Ouija board. You're like the human Ouija board. Oh, oh right. Leon, look at he's writing about the ocean. Good job, Leon. <laughs> yeah, she's going in. She's going in. <laughs> no, I, no. To be fair, we have, have a close close friendship, so she, no, she 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 can. <laughs> it's, it's all it's all in love. It's all in love. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So, um, you know, we're almost towards the end. Um, I guess my next thing is, um, do you have any like final thoughts that you want to share with us, Tara? That maybe yes, words of inspiration. Yeah, like what like uh, knowledge? In, yeah, like whatever. Uh, in terms of writing or art or publishing. About I guess. I guess in publishing, writing, and just, I guess, your own philosophy on life. <laughs> I really feel it's important to live in now. You have to look to the future because you got to know where you're going. And you need to also peek back at, uh, behind you at the past. And because otherwise, if you're not remembering the past, then you know what are you where you're the sum of your experiences right but you can't remain back there whether it's the you know like for instance with me the loss of my son or uh, getting sick or you know something or you know something that your dad or your mom did to you or something listen you know i've gone through some crazy things in my life and you cannot 
sit back there. You can't keep looking back and you also cannot live in the future. That's not where you're at. You can't sit there one day. I'm going to make it big with my books. One day I'm going to be a doctor one day. You can't, those are goals you strive for. But the thing is, is you live in now look around you, look at your kids, put your phone down and talk to your kids, play a board game with them. It doesn't matter if it's boring shoots and landers, if they have fun doing it, you're creating memories. You're in the now with them. You're living life with them. That is the important thing. Um, writing, creating art, I personally think is one of the most important thing that any person can do. It's something that separates us out from one of the things that separates us out from all of creation. Uh, that even um, that the, the uh, created beings, such as uh, what we would call angels. They have not the ability to create something new, but humans, it's one thing that makes us like our creator. We were endowed with that privilege. We can create something new that nothing else can. Okay. It's so important that we create. Um, I don't care what that looks like. If it's uh, making a, a fort out in the backyard, I don't care if it's stacking up rocks out on the beach or writing or drawing something. It doesn't matter if it looks like a silly stick figure that a four-year-old drew. You are creating something. That is what you were made to do, to create something new. And, uh, and um, in such a way, I believe it's a type of worship to the, uh, to the creator of all things. And so you cannot live in the past and you cannot live in the future. You live in the now and you need to do that. That's my uh, probably overly uh, religious for some people um, thing, but <laughs> it's super important. You, your, your relationships are going to fall apart if you're not living in the now with them. If you're not sitting down and having the conversations and cuddling on the couch and doing the things, making popcorn together and, and going for walks, you're not, your relationships are going to fall apart if you're not living in the now together. You can't live in the future together. and You can't live in the past together. You can only live right now in this moment with somebody. I'm living with you guys right now. We are having the shared experience, which, Leon, I don't know if you know you're muted again. Uh, <laughs> no, I only did that so, like, I'm getting um, no noise. So, <laughs> okay. So um, that's probably one of the biggest things I can possibly say. It's something I share with my kids a lot of times is you cannot, you can't sit here and cry about the things you don't have. What do you have now? And be grateful for the things you have now. Always striving to become a better person, the best version of you that you can possibly be in every single moment, knowing that we fall down, knowing that we fail sometimes. And guess what? We learn from it. We get up and we keep going and we come, become better in such this way. Wow. I, I, I need to interject um, about creation. And, that, um, and it's one of my all-time favorite Bible verses. And it's in a couple of verses in the Bible. But um, one of them, one of the places is that is in Psalm 8. And it goes, what is man that you are mindful of him? What is man that you would e even consider him? But you have made him lower than the angels and yet crowned him with glory. Wow. Mm -hmm. And when you talk about creating, how 
yeah, out of all the different animals and all the beautiful things that God has created, the cosmos, the dimensions that we've yet to see, the other creations that we don't even know about, mm-hmm. he made man, yeah, with the ability to create, with the ability to write. And, you know, just as it says, is like the word is light. Um, in the beginning was the word, and the word became flesh. Wow. And so it's just, yeah, it's it's just a mind-blowing reminder of how what you said and how that just um, coincides, you know, with the creator, with, with, with God. Amen. Amen. Amen to that, guys. Wow, for real. Um, I guess like what I'll end with is if you're not being true to yourself, then you can't be truthful to anyone else around you, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Because your, your self-respect, your mental health is the most important thing in this life. And if you're not maintaining those things in order for you to be your truest self, then it's just not going to work. Like that's the honest truth mm-hmm. behind that. And yep. th- that's a lesson that sometimes it's a hard, le- it's it's a hard lesson to learn. I will say that because I had to learn it the hard way. Um, 2020, um, 2013 was not my greatest year. And I asked, and 2013 was when I came to the Lord, but it was through my journey in recovery is what made me understand that as bad as I will have it, it is not the end of the world. And mm-hmm. I realize now, yep. like, as long as we know that, no matter how heavy life could weigh you down, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. The only thing is, we don't see the light as bright at the moment, but once we get, we see a brighter light, that's when we know we're getting close to where we have to go. And that that's why I think is the most important thing in my life as well. And I think, you know, um, for the most part, it's just, it's just good to know that there is no I feel like it's only a dead end if you allow yourself to walk into a dead end if that makes sense absolutely yes yes so mm-hmm. that's definitely yeah so um Tara thank you so much for doing this um Truly, podcast with you. me yes uh eventually we should definitely do a part two you know um hopefully we'll I'd have- like that Yes, I'm already looking forward to it. Yeah, and, and this time we'll have all four of us. We'll have Angela with us and everything because she loves to ask questions too. <laughs> Sorry, okay, Angela, no, no. I had she to. She is the question answer, and all of her questions are like she is a true journalist. Yeah, well, she is a me, she is I'm a biology she is a biology teacher. So I mean, she that's her. She's yeah, that but she's a true role. journalist, and I'm just like. Wow, she'll ask questions that I'm like, wow, I didn't think of that. Wow, I didn't think about that. That energy question. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yes. So, let's definitely do another one soon. Um, Tara, thank you so much. Um, you know, God bless your heart. Um, again, thank you. Thank you so much for saying yes to um, just doing this with me and joining us in this journey. Leon made me do it. Yes. Yeah, thank you, Leon, for being hey, Yes. No, because he, he all the times you pushed me to be better happy. Yeah, he blame um, Leon. He made me do it. Oh, but you know what? <laughs> oh wait, but now the roles are reversed, right? Because he was like Tara. Yeah, Tara. exactly. I said, hey, Andy, can you talk to Tara, please? Like, I'm like, okay, let me see. I know she's busy. I sure did. I sure did. 
Ah, the, the <laughs> shoe's on the other foot now. Ah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Push me, I push you back. And I got resources <laughs> to push you. Yeah, buddy. No, but definitely, definitely thank you so much.